So have you ever thought about like what you're gonna do with all your content? Because it's kind of like, do you have like a vision of where all this is going? Um, a vision, I guess. I guess the point of it is just to inspire someone to take up a a side project or uh, a side hustle of some kind, right? To try and do the thing that they want to do instead of just thinking about it, right? Because there's a lot of like thinking, talking, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, but there's not too much. And, and for those who are doing like their side hustles, like more power to you, but I'm kind of, I wanna focus on people who aren't yet and to... Okay. Like the ones who are just like thinking about mm -hmm. it and then like yeah. maybe hopefully like pushing them over. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to promote more doing and less thinking. Okay. Like try shit. Like don't, like less thinking about will it work and more just go for it and try to see what happens. Learn from it and then readjust, go again. Adjust and go I like that. Do you ever think you're going to look back on this and think like... Actually, do you ever think it's going to be like successful to the point where like you think about like um, how far you've come? Like that kind of thing? Like not someone like really negative, but like you know like how some people kind of like um, like far into the future and then like they either crash and then they thrive that kind of thing? Like do you think this is going to like like go as far as you hope it will go? Like that kind of like... I don't... I don't have any, any, any expectations. Okay. I just hope that someone gets some value out of it. Like, I don't care if it doesn't... Like, to a certain degree, yes. Like, I want people to hear the message. But if, if I just stay at 500 followers, like, so what? Like, as long as those 500 are, are thinking about the things I'm talking about, that's all I really give a fuck about. That's, like, if it motivates one person, if it, like, inspires one person, like, I'm happy. Like it works. Like that's if someone sends me one message and says, "Hey, this is like awesome," or like I love what you're doing. Like that's already a great high for me. Mm -hmm. I don't like need it to be like huge. Yeah. I don't need this to fuel my career. You okay. get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I like, have this a is just yeah. Like the side hustle for you then. This is just something that I want to do. Okay. Like it's not. It doesn't have anything. Like if it grows to the point where it could become my career, like. Great, but that's not my focus. Like the whole point of it is to do a side thing. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, as I said, I have a career on side. Like I'm gonna have an internship this summer. That's okay. irrelevant to the content I'm putting out. Okay. Right. I didn't use the content to get my internship. Internship. Right. Like I got the internship by just doing what I'm doing yeah. outside, like in and outside of school. Okay. That's it. Okay. This is just the content I'm putting out in response to that. Okay. Okay, because then I also saw like um, like your post about like um, engineering uh, serendipity, serendipity and stuff. Like, what is that about? Then? So, so engineering, so serendipity is just like good things that just happen, right? Um, and that's kind of related to like luck, mm -hmm. but I, I don't think that you can just or even this concept of luck. Like, there's very, there's actually very little luck in the world, right? I've, Typically, when you're lucky, it's because you've done something like some time ago that influenced many other things, creating this situation. So that whole idea of engineering serendipity was to kind of this idea of creating your own luck. 
right? Like work on these relationships inside and outside of school, do these extra things, make sure every one of your moves is like relating to your end goal, whatever that may be, and then eventually these things will, they're gonna come, they're gonna come, right? Like how did I get the internship in the summer? Like it wasn't because I'm just lucky and I apply to like seven different internships. I didn't apply to a single internship. Serious, but I got the internship. But it was—it's part of it is luck. Like part of it is me finding the email to a social media class at OCAD. I I dropped the guerrilla entrepreneurship class and was like, I want in on social media because that's like that's the future. That's where it's going. So I want in. I get I get in. I was lucky that the prof was an actual practitioner of marketing in social media. And he had con and he had contacts come in and talk to the students. Like those things were, were lucky, right? But I did choose to go into that class. I was also lucky that one of the contacts were offering an opp uh, opportunity to join their company as an intern if we did well on our final project. And so from then on, I I had the goal of like I'm gonna kill this fucking project if I want this internship, I have to kill it. And so I did what I could, the best that I could, to kill the... So I did the best that I could to kill that project, and I did. And so I got the internship. I did the interview, and then I got it. So it was, like it's, it's not a complete accident. Like there is some work involved, and there are things that you can do and you can trace this even farther back, like, why am I into social media? True. Right? Like, you can trace it so far back, like, why is it that I chose the, the social media class over the guerrilla entrepreneurship class? Yeah. Like, why? Because, well, because I'm quite ingrained in entrepreneurship. I, I run a weekly speaker series and um, I read up on it all the time. So I feel like I have a relatively better grasp of entrepreneurship mm -hmm. over marketing. And so I was, I'm into the marketing, so I wanted in on the marketing stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that to me was probably more valuable than the guerrilla entrepreneurship class. So it's like, there are choices that can be made, and so this idea of engineering serendipity is just, at those points of choice, choose the one that's gonna get you closer to your goal, and create opportunities for yourself to have those choices, right? Yeah. Like if you just go to school and like you don't, do anything other than just school, then like, well, you're just gonna be shut out the system like everyone else, right? Like, but if you're picking up side hustles and meeting people through these hustles and these kinds of things, then you're gonna get those opportunities, right? So, I hope this isn't too spicy, man. Like, well, I mean, if you're gonna keep asking questions, then I'm just gonna. Okay, but like, I don't know if it's like uncomfortable for you to like eat in. No, it'd be okay. sick. Like. Okay, cool. Um, so when you met Gary Vee, did it help you see things in like a different way, kind of thing? Because like, I know for you, he was like one of those people that like um, influenced you in a whole different way. Um, I think. Can I mix? Yeah, you can do whatever. You want. Like, I think meeting him was just an unreal experience. Okay. Because like. He's not just the guy on the screen anymore. Like he's yeah. literally beside me. Like mm -hmm. I shook his hand and whatever. Like that's kind of like like meeting any celebrity or anyone you look up to. Like it's unreal and you get shook. Mm -hmm. But I mean, 
I've been so ingrained in his content that, like, I know what he's going to say mm-hmm. right before he says it because he just okay. says the same few things. Okay. And that's one of the things about him. He stays in his lane and he only talks about the things that he knows. Right? So I know what he's going to say and the point of me recording that was, and asking that specific question was not for me. Like, I know to reach out to people and like, do things for free and like that kind of thing to get uh, attention. Can I get a spoon? Yeah. But, no. But I just want people around me to hear that. Right? Like, that coming from me is not as effective. Like, who am I to talk about that it's not like I've broken out huge or anything like that I don't have the uh, you could say the authority to say that mm-hmm. but but Gary Gary does I don't think authority more like influence mm. or better word the merit okay I don't have the merit to say that but uh, but Gary but Gary does yeah and so I wanted to put him on my platform mm-hmm. so everyone else could see that you know, even though you know, I don't, I don't know that many people. Like, so it's like, but I just want everyone in my immediate circle to see that, right? Like, there are like a good amount of designers at OCAD who follow me, right? Just simply because we're in the same vicinity and things like that. Yeah. But I want them to hear that, right? Yeah. And and hear that from someone other than myself. Okay. Um. As a content creator, what is your biggest challenge? Aside from creating content, because that's kind of redundant. Other than creating content, like actually putting out stuff, yeah, like that's a huge, that's a huge hurdle. But besides from that, I think the biggest hurdle is to to speak the truth always. Okay. Like, oh. would you say it's because, like, you get a lot of controversy or, like, you get a lot of, like, comments about how it's not, like, conventional? No. No. I don't get any of that. I get, actually, in the last couple of weeks, very encouraging and positive comments, which is awesome. Okay. But, for me, myself, what's challenging is, is, to, is as simple as speaking the truth all the time. Like, it's it's very easy to, to say things that you don't actually mean. Mm-hmm just for show or for, for whatever just so that you can have like quote-unquote good content mm-hmm. and so I'm making a conscious effort to make sure that what I'm saying is actually true mm-hmm. to myself and actually true period okay so would you say that like that's what influenced um, like the start of this kind of podcast direction no the, the whole point of the of the change in content and, and the podcast and everything is just an effort to to speak my truth and okay. to to just do more. Like before, I was posting at a rate of like I don't know once every few months. Like occasionally, what work I wanted to do, like you know stuff that I thought was kind of cool, you know. But I didn't think it brought any value to anyone, right? And, and maybe it did, right? Maybe someone do, does appreciate the artwork and whatnot. But I didn't get a kick out of it either, like just doing artwork, like, no. And in the past I've had experiences where I did make an impact on someone and that was fucking amazing. It's like the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And so, like, I want to do that too. Again, like I want to do that again, yeah. right? To feel that again, like, to, to, to see that I've made an impact on someone's life. Right? And how can I do that by just posting artwork? I gotta do a little more than that, right? So, yeah. And do it more often. So doing 
all these extra things is like forcing me just to push out more stuff. Okay. And like it would be, it'd be like, it'd be hypocritical of me to, to uh, idolize Gary Vee and, and like say that I, I adore Gary Vee or uh, I listen to what he says and not actually put out anything. Like that would be counterintuitive. Yeah. Or it just wouldn't, like it wouldn't make sense. Um, I don't know actually. Um, I've been drawing like ever since, as far as I can remember. I mean, but I, I don't think I see myself as like an artist, per se. You know, I think in terms of personality, I think I'm much more rational than your typical artist. Le a lot less emotional. Um, I think that, that's one of like my greatest strengths and greatest weaknesses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I don't know if there was a pre-art Russell. I don't know what that looks like. I know what a that the Russell that came into university was not the same one that he is now. Um, like, I have a much I have a much more like clearer vision of what I want mm -hmm. and like I am fucking confident as fuck right now. I feel untouchable. I feel untouchable. Like, I feel like I can conquer anything that I put my mind to right now, and that's not what I felt in first year at all. Like, I was okay, you know, like, I didn't, but I didn't have the same ambition yeah. and the same drive to do the things that I do, that I do now. Mm -hmm. So, I, I am different in that sense. Because I remember back when, like, I went even in high school and you were still asking me questions about what to do about this and yeah. that. And like going into first year, I think you were kind of the same way. But yeah. now that you kind of like, like what sparked that kind of like difference? Of, like what defined that moment? Because there has to be like a like a telling moment in time where it kind of changed for you. Because like my personality changed when Nick died. So like, um, what changed yours? To change from like somebody who was like um, unconfident and like always asking questions to somebody who's like, well, I know you're still asking questions, but like more like. More confident, un like as you said, untouchable and confident, like like a different drive and ambition. Uh -huh. um, I think it started with um, if I were to trace it real far back, it started with my buddy Jeremy, who uh, who originally wanted to sell his own clothing, like have a clothing brand and stuff. And I still tell him he should do it, but he's scared. Um, but uh, yeah. He wanted to do clothing, and so, okay, what the fuck am I gonna do? Um, I'm going to sell pens, because I did these wooden pens in high school, and I think they're pretty sick, and, you know, like, you know, there might be a pretty good cash grab. Yeah. So, so I started doing that, and I put money into that. Hmm? Did you go into the pen making business because you wanted to make money, or did you just actually your passion? I, I, I didn't know. Like, okay. I thought I could make money, and I liked doing pens, so, like, I was like, okay, maybe I got something going on here. Um, and so that kind of set me on this path to do these side things, right? To have a side, side project, side hustle, or whatever you like to call it. But something other than school. And another friend uh, sent me to The Grind, 
which was the Student Entrepreneurship Club at OCAD. Um, and I attended first year, and I kind of learned like my pen thing was not going to work. Um, and and from there, I got more interested in entrepreneurship. I learned about it. I spent a lot of time learning what it was, the ins and outs, and like stuff that I never would have been interested in before. Um, and then it kind of just snowballed. Like, and then I found Gary Vee, and then um, we did those art shows in the summer. You know, and just kept on going and going and going and going. And then to a point now where it's like, I'm, like, I'm just gonna keep doing it. Like. It, Feel good about it. Like you do one thing on the side and it works out, and then you just keep doing it, and then that gives you the confidence to like then go ahead and do something else, and then you do something that's like totally crazy. Like the art shows to us was like absolutely insane. Like who would have known that like these second years were like running their own fucking art show? Like what? That's so crazy. So so to us that was absolutely insane to me that was absolutely insane and so yeah. after conquering something like that that's like I can do anything now uh, all right after you do one thing that scares you it just gives you like the fucking bravery to do the next thing that scares you and the next thing and the next thing and then you get to this point where you're like fuck it I'll do anything and then you do anything and then it works out yeah. and then you're just like on a path of like, you just can't be beat. Yeah. Right? Have you um, done something that ended up failing? Um, I mean, to a certain degree, I wouldn't say it was failing, but I think it was. But, um, like, not the outcome that you wanted? Of course, yes. Um, so, the same group that did the art shows uh, with me and Jared and everyone, that, that group, uh, we had a falling out. Okay. Or, uh, it just didn't end up working out, right? And um, for reasons that were not related to the art show, like it just wasn't, I don't think it was a good team fit. Um, and so it just didn't work out. And I guess, is your question like, what do I do in moments of like failure? Mm-hmm. Or like, does it hinder you in any way? I mean, for a little bit, yeah, yeah like I felt like a little lost at the beginning of the year, like I kind of like didn't, I think I felt lost because I didn't have a side project anymore, right? Like that was kind of like our entire side project was based in that group and then like it was like, oh this group doesn't exist, what do I do? And then I was on the search for what do I do on the side, right? Um, I guess in times, what I think is when you're in times of like in a rut or whatever, like I think those are good times to figure out and really think deeply about what you actually want to do, and then also think about, and then and then try shit. Like I'm all for just trying new stuff. Just try a lot of stuff because you're gonna stumble on something that you like, or you're gonna find a lot of things that you don't like, and then you're not gonna do them, and then it's just gonna get you closer. But I don't feel like I don't think you should judge your entire career on feeling bad for like three months. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're worth more than three months. Or a year, or two years, or whatever the time is. I don't think that I think 
a lot about those failures. Okay. Right? Like, I, I didn't even remember that I did graphics for a game over the summer and oh. fall. Yeah. I don't even remember doing that. Like, it didn't take off. Like, I wasn't really proud of the work, but I did it. I, I committed and followed through. I wasn't really proud of it. Like, I don't talk about it too much. Um, simply because I didn't really like the work that I was doing that much, or to the fullest extent. Like, I think, like, the client was happy, and I was happy I was doing it for him. I just, like... You weren't happy with the product itself? Because, like, was it because it wasn't your passion, or just because... Like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it was really what I wanted to do. Okay. Right? Like, specifically graphic design, or specifically that one project? I think specifically that one project. Okay. Which, which if you're listening, um, like, it was still a pleasure to do. I just, I just don't think that I really loved it, right? So, but, but yeah, no... I don't think the product is shit. I just, I didn't love my own work at that time. But yeah, I don't think about those things a lot. Like I totally forgot I did that. You know, like, and like, sometimes when people ask me, like, oh, like the things that you, like you fail that, like, I remember them, but like, I actually have to try to remember them. Okay, is it because it's like a mechanism for you to kind of like move forward, or is it like a mechanism, or do you just like naturally not think about it? I just don't think it's worth thinking about. Okay. Like, that's over. Like, it didn't work out. Like, move on. You know, you learn from it and then you just move on. Like, lingering is not worth the time and energy. I think learning from your mistakes absolutely critical. But don't think, like, don't kill yourself over them. It's not worth it. And, it. and it discourages you, right? Yeah. Like, thinking about your failures, it discourages you and it makes you think that the next thing you do isn't going to work either. So. You're in this endless loop of like, I can't do shit. What good is that? Like, that's not gonna help you in any way. That's not learning from your mistakes anymore. That's that's lingering. That's the, that's overthinking. That's the best way to not move on. That's the best way to not. That's the best way for the next thing not to work. I feel you. I just think it's hard for people to kind of like understand that, just because it's like. I I think that is because like people naturally when they get dis like growing up, I feel like when people get discouraged, like they hold that, and then that's when they start believing that like um like if they fail, that's it. But like when you grew up, did you have like your parents kind of like like let you fail and then like did, like encourage you for it? No, not at all. Like like I don't think I got a lot of like encouragement or like pats on the back. You know, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of negativity. Um, and then my mom, who's a bit more positive about things, just wasn't that vocal. Um, and so I got a lot of, I got a lot of negative comments when I was a kid. And like, I don't think, I, I feel like I kind of learned to just accept that and like not, not like, not let that like hurt me. Like I don't, I don't look to my parents for my happiness. Okay. Like you don't look for them for approval or anything. I think in some level I still do. Like I do want their approval at some level. Like probably the single reason why I'm still in university. But I don't let their disapproval get to me. Okay. Right. Like 
at the end of the day, like they're not gonna live the next 40 years of my life. Like I'm going to live the next 40 years of my life. You said um, they're like the single reason, or like the sole reason why you're still in university. If you yeah. weren't in university, what would you have wanted to do? I think I would spend my time working, just straight up working on design or whatever. Like I would go do and that I would go do that internship, and then I would ask for a job. Or ask someone, or ask someone in the company. Do you know someone who's looking for X, Y, Z that I can do? That's what I. That's what I would do, and then I would do more of this. I would do more content. But that's that's what I would use my time for. Like, does this? I don't want to say just make you happy because happiness isn't really. I don't think happiness is attained. Yeah. It's it's. I think happiness starts with gratefulness. And how did you come to that realization that like happiness becomes gratefulness? Because I've never heard that before from anybody. That's why I'm kind of curious about how this works. Um, so there was a time when I was uh, quite down, and my buddy Jeremy came back from a conference, and uh, he he like he said like he figured it out, and like he's telling me all this stuff like take cold showers, like crazy shit, right? Like, and um, and. Uh, he told me to write these journals, like one journal to of things that you're thankful for in a day, and be truthful to what you're thankful for. Not just like, oh, it was sunny out, like great. Unless you're actually like really thankful it was sunny out. Yeah. Um, but he told me to write these journals, like uh, be grateful, what what you're grateful for, um, and then another journal of like what happened in the day that you're and how you feel about it. Um, oh no no, it was a journal that depicted what you wanted. What you wanted to happen, write it down, and then write the feelings that you would feel if it actually happened, as if it actually happened, and write it as if it happened, okay. even though it didn't. You get what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. I wanted a new car, I'd be like, today I got a new car, it was like fucking awesome, I feel X, Y, Z. Yeah. That's what it, the journal entail. And then as I wrote, the, I'm more focused on the on, on the grateful gratefulness journal, I guess you would call it. Like, as I did that, like, my mood improved. Like. I felt better, period. And then, um, and and also on top of that, like I follow, I think a fair bit of people who've, who've like quote unquote made it, like and made it like in an honest way. And they touch upon happiness and things like this. And um, and all of them say the same thing. Like if you watch the people, the top ten percent who've like made it. In terms of like mindset, happiness, all these things, they all say some form of the same thing. They use different words, it's semantics, but they say the same thing. Like, be grateful for what you actually have and actually like think about the things that you have. Think about how awesome like the environment we're in, like being in North America, like you know, the lights are on and you don't you expect the lights to be on. Like that's fucking crazy. You know, be thankful for these things. Be thankful that you can have relationships with people and things like that like and I think it, it just starts with it, with gratefulness and when, when you're grateful for everything that you have then you don't need anything else and and you're content you're good you don't need anything else I don't need I don't need to have 600 friends I don't need you because I'm content with what I have already right 
the balance to that is like be content with what you have, but also be hungry. That gives you the drive to keep going, right? Like, you still gotta be hungry. Right? Yeah. I'm just content. I don't fuck it. Like I don't need. I don't need to do shit, right? But I think happiness. I truly think that happiness starts with being grateful. Yeah. And reminding yourself the things that you have, and you just like the worst that could happen is that you're in a better mood. What do you mean by inspiration? Like, I want to say somebody or something kind of like pushed you into this kind of like aggressively hungry kind of like, um, like personality. Because it's like, like you said, like you want to be content but hungry. But like, um, I feel like something has to kind of like fuel this kind of like this hunger, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, like, I w I'm not even gonna say who is your biggest generation, but like, what kind of, like, pushed you I think people who influenced me to have this kind of mindset would be, would definitely be Gary Vee, it would be, uh, another would be uh, Jordan Peterson, a uh, professor at U of T, and teaches psychology, um, amazing guy, but um, I think those two people are probably my biggest influences. To date, and then the hungriness is like, like it's, it's partly from the influence, and then also partly realizing that like, what I'm trying to do is super competitive, and that there's like it's not easy to get a job, you know, right? Like the world isn't easy, and no one's gonna fucking cry for you, so you gotta go and do it yourself as hard as you can. Like, if you don't actually want it, then you're not gonna work. Right, like, like you're not gonna get it if you don't work. Period. And like, it's it's really like realizing like, fuck, like, I need to, I need to put in the fucking work, and I need to work a lot if I want to get what I want. So I was just thinking, um, so personally, I know what Gary Vee is about because yeah. I sometimes watch his content and stuff. Cause John watches his content. Yeah. And he like, um. He like tells me. I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> I was happy when I saw that. I'm yeah. happy when I see people who are like in that same group in that yeah. community. Like he um like he like he wants to get Gary Vee's book because he understands like um like the content that Gary Vee is pulling out and uh -huh. like um, the message that he's trying to send. Yeah. But um the other guy that you mentioned, like the professor, like what is like how did he feel you? Because like I see where Gary Vee can push you because he kind of like screams it and he's like, oh, you gotta do this and like um, do it now or don't do it ever. Like that kind of like mood, at least from what I get. Um, but like, how did like the professor from UT kind of like push you into this kind of hunger? Because I've never heard of him. And, I, think, like, I think what the professor did for me was um, so if. If you listen to any of Gary Vee's content, one of the core values that he has is being self-aware. And so I, after hearing that and, and understanding what that means, I really set a path for myself to understand myself, to understand like what makes me me and do the things that I do, right? And so I got into like like personality stuff, like a lot of like cognitive psychology type stuff. And so that wound its way to Jordan Peterson. And um, 
and this personality spectrum called the Big Five. So there's five aspects of personality that everyone has, and it splits off into subcategories. And I really wanted to understand those things and understand what I was in relation to that and what that meant for me. Right? Like, why do I do the things I do? Why am I kind of aggressive and unemotional? And, you know, sometimes I don't come off as a nice person when I, when I have conflict. It's like, you know, there are reasons for that. And I wanted to know what are those reasons. Um, and then... As I dug further into Jordan's content, it was some of it is like very political. Um, I enjoy that stuff too, but like that's a different conversation. Uh, but the other thing that he preaches is like to take responsibility for your life. Like again, like that mindset, that happiness stuff. Like where does it come from, right? Right. Um, like everything, and they teach the same thing. Like everything is your fault. Everything is your responsibility. And once you accept that then you're untouchable and then you don't blame anyone and you don't you're not stanging you just go out and do your thing and then you kill it right so for me he instilled that like everything is on my shoulders yeah even harder than Gary Vee did right okay. so. um, do you ever worry about how you come off to people a little bit okay well like do you ever wonder if it's because it's like is it actually you or is it because like people just can't accept it? I think it's me. Okay. I think it's me. I totally think that I'm at times like not fun to be around sometimes. Like Yeah, like I totally think it's it's me and it's something that I wanna work towards to to be a little more like uh, sympathetic. Right? Um, my buddy Jeremy and I were uh, we had a little time when we were debating whether I actually had empathy. <laughs> and so what I realized, or what we came to conclusion to, was that um, I had empathy. I just didn't care. Like, I had no sympathy. Right? Um, or I was only sympathetic to things that I could relate to or that I understood. Like, I didn't, I don't know how to respond to like emotional situations that I've never like come across. Like, I, I understand how the person might feel. I don't really feel sorry that much. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, Which yeah, is no, kind no. of not good. No, it's, <laughs> it's fine because a lot of people react differently because like I watched a video where it's like um, empathy is just about like um, kind of like channeling a similar situation to what the person's feeling and then kind of like going through with them and not like just listening, not really like contributing so it's like more about you and it's more about them. Um, yeah. Sympathy is more like, um, like you have, like you understand what they're going through but you don't know how to like process it in the same way that you would for empathy. And then for sympathy you would just kind of be like, well at least like here's a different situation for um, what you're feeling so maybe you don't have to feel as bad but you still feel bad, right? Like, um, I wouldn't say that you're unempathetic because it's like, it's hard to be empathetic to everybody especially when like yeah. you haven't gone through the same situations that um, they have been. Like when I told you that Nick died, like, I understand like you um, know what a, like know what it means when somebody dies, dies? Yeah. but like you don't know don't how know it, what feels. it feels like because it's like yeah. um, Nick wasn't just like just a person who was like the person I had a future with like a, like the person I thought I had a future with yeah and like I was devastated when he died because it was yeah. like it felt like he ripped that opportunity away from me and part of me still feels a little bit sad because it's like I won't have that with him anymore. 
And um, a big part of why I had to quit school was because um, when he took that away from me, I kind of like transferred into how I felt about school. Where it's kind of like if I fail, then like shit, that's like a reflection of like how everything else is going in my life. And like I, I tried to like get myself out of it because it's like it's very toxic to keep thinking like that. And um, I'm trying to get out of that. And like that's why I'm taking the year off to kind of like refocus myself and like maybe I'll go into something else like maybe not fashion because I realize it's not for me but like I want to get into like psychology which is why I love like talking to people which is why I reached out to you because it's like you have a lot to say and I know that and like it's good because it's something that that's influential for other people to kind of hear and it really like speaks out about like who you are because it's like like yourself like I find it amazing that you're self-aware that like um, that you come off as like unemotional and like aggressive and like not fun to be around and it's not like something that you want to like I don't know if you want to change that like I know you want to try and be a little bit more sympathetic but it's kind of like I think it's my greatest strength and my greatest weakness exactly but like the fact that you know that like that's crazy because like not a lot of people are aware that like they're they come off as like aggressive uh -huh. and then like when they do find out they're aggressive they try to like change it aggressively which is like really weird. I think they know, I just don't think that they know how to deal with it. Yeah. Like, like um, you know when someone doesn't like you. Like, yeah. You know, assuming you understand social cues. Yeah. Like, you know when someone is not down for, like, whatever you're mm -hmm. doing. Some, like, people just don't know what to do. Yeah. And, and I don't even know what to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, like, I, recently I had, um, a co-worker tell me, like, um, that like at work I come off as aggressive and like savage and like um, and I can be like I admit that I am sometimes very like um, unfiltered at work yeah, because it's like, I like that. I'm I'm here to work and that's all like yeah. I'm not here to make friends and it's great right. if you can make friends but at the same time it's like that's not my main focus because I'm uh -huh. literally here to do a job and that's it yeah. um, but that's how my personality is but she told me that like um, people are just like thinking that like I'm a little bit too aggressive and like they can't work with me and I'm like alright cool I mean that's your problem like if you have a problem with me tell me but if you don't then that means you're sucking it up and then yeah. that's not really my problem either but um when you think about it it's kind of like um, when she talked to me about that, she expected like a reaction out of me because she wanted me to be like angry that like people think I'm aggressive or like. Yeah. Um, but I just have like a blank face because it's like when you're being told a negative flaw about you, like your initial reaction isn't kind of just be like, yeah, whatever. It's kind of like you're filtering it and you're processing it, and then like you try to think of ways to either like adapt or to like defend. Defend, you know, like and in that moment, it's kind of like it's really hard to process the two at the same time and like see how like things will play out which is why I think it's really interesting that you um, are self-aware that people like may or may not like you and yet um, you're still keeping true to yourself yeah like that's amazing and I love that well it's just an idea of like I, I care whether but not like to a, like an extreme I care amount. but I don't care yeah like I care immensely like whether you think I'm good to work with or whatever, but at the same time, I also don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, your, what you think of me is not determining my self-esteem. Period. Um, and another thing that I'm conscious of is like, aside from, I guess, how I speak, but it's like, more about the content, is like, I am, what I worry 
is that I come off as someone who like said like they made it or like you know whatever and like you should listen to me. Like I don't want to come off as someone coming from a high horse at all. I want to come off as someone who's doing the things that they are just doing and then just talking about them, right? And then yeah. these are kind of my thoughts and insights around it. Like I don't, I don't care if you don't listen, but at the same time I want you to listen. But if you don't, like, whatever. Um, like I, I just don't want to feel like I just don't want to come off as like fake. Yeah. Well, like from the content that I see you putting out, it's not like you're sounding like you're fake because it's like you're like you're honest about that, yeah. which is what I love. Because like I want to emphasize that because that's that's my biggest worry is that I come off as as fake or like unreal or whatever. Yeah. And that's good because it's like um, a big part of that is. Like, I think that's important because a lot of people just like believe what they hear right away. Yeah. And then like the fact that you're honest about it is also really good because then it shows people that like um, that you're willing to admit to mistakes, which is good. You know, like a lot of people don't really like to admit to mistakes because it makes them feel weak. Yeah. That wraps up my interview with my good friend Vanessa. She's been doing photo shoots with her friends, but also interviewing them to really pick out who they are. I thought this would be a great opportunity for you to get a taste of how my brain ticks. And if you want to follow Vanessa and what she's doing, you can find her on Instagram. It'll be in the description alongside my own handle. I hope you got something out of this, and I hope to bring you a podcast every week, so stay tuned.